You're listening to a C3 Victory podcast. To find out more, visit us online at c3victory.org.au. When you know who you are, then you know what you're meant to do. Because function is, 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 you know, is inherent in, in purpose. Function is inherent in who you are, in identity. So if this is who we are, if we're a life-giving church empowered by the Spirit, then influencing our city and beyond for the kingdom of God is what we do. It's just a normal flow on from who we are. Um, and so God's shifted a lot over the last kind of three years as to who we are as a church. Uh, and you, you can see the 12 maxims, they come up on, you know, before and after the service. You'll see them on the screen as those rocks, you know, those 12 rocks with those words kind of attached to them. They actually each mean something really powerful that's transformed in the life of our church. So don't just go, you yeah, know, flipping rocks on the screen, that's great. You know, have a look at them. Have a look at them and, and realize that we are people before programs, right? Realize that all of those maxims, they actually are, were, were different things in the last three years that God said to us as a church that transformed who we are and now what we're going to do, all right? So now we're stepping into a leg of our vision called It's Time because it's really time for us to go, go for it. It's time for us to be people of growth and people of influence. It's time for every one of us to rise up, to stand up, to get up, to wake up, right? So I, I, sometimes I just need to wake up, you know. Sometimes I need the holy slap of the Holy Spirit. You know, come on, Darren, get up, wake up, because, I, you know, you, you, you can fall spiritually asleep. You know, you can be a Christian, you can go through the motions, you can turn up to church, you can do all the right stuff, right? But sometimes you're still spiritually asleep. And sometimes we just need to wake up, wake up. So last week, Pastor Earl preached on growth. And if you missed it, it was nice, clear, clarion call for us to grow, right? For each of us to grow. So I just love it. I said to him after the service, man, I love how you did, like, you didn't mess around. You know, it was simple, but it was clear, and it was just so to the point. I thought, this is good, this is good. So today, we're going to talk about influence. Ooh, <laughs> nice. Uh, and so I've subtitled this message, This Is What We Do. This is what we do. I say that to my kids all the time. They're like, well, how come we're going to go to this? Because this is what we do. This is because of who we are. And I'm more than happy to sit down with my children and explain ad nauseum who we are. <laughs> but because of who we are, this is what we do. Because we go to church. We're a family that goes to church. That's what we do. Like, because of all the reasons, that's what we do. Right? Who you, nat who you naturally, who you are naturally speaks of what you do. So what naturally flows from an empowered, confident, bold, secure passionate group of believers is influence. It's, it's, it's like you can't help it. When you're, when you're life-giving and you're filled with the Holy Spirit, influence follows naturally. It's just a natural flow on. So let's talk about extending our influence because influence happens all around us, right? Leaders, peer pressure at work, celebrities, government, 
And not all influence is good, you know? Yeah, who's ever been pressured? When I was seven years old, a friend of mine thought it was a good idea to pick up a, uh, 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 to follow a guy who was smoking. And when he was done, yeah, chuck it in the ground and da 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 da. And we're like, let's get it. Let's get it. So we picked it up and had a go. <coughs> right? Peer pressure. I'm not sure if it was me pressuring him or him pressuring me. I'm not, I'm not sure. Not all influence is a good idea. Right? All of us, we are constantly bombarded by the influences of the world. You can't get out of it. If you live on planet Earth, you know, you are continually bombarded by, by the, the system, the values, the voices of the world, which will get inside your phone and get in front of your eyes thousands of times per day if you let it, right? You know, to, to think in certain ways, to behave in certain ways. The influence of the world, I think it's just getting stronger and stronger because now we've got so many more mechanisms to receive the influence of the world. But 1 John chapter 4, verse 4 says, You, dear children, are from God and have overcome them, because the one who is in you is greater than the one who is in the world. Yeah. All right? So we didn't have to fear the pressure of the world. We didn't have to fear the system of the world, because the one who lives in us is stronger and greater than that. So I kind of feel... Like there's a spirit of overcoming that's rising in our church. I feel like there's a spirit of, of overcoming, of victory, of truth, of, of, of standing up for what is right, what is godly, what is good, you know, in us. We don't have to bow down to this, this system of the world. We're already victorious. The world's just got to catch up. Right? The world's just got to catch up to the people of God who, need, who are rising in their identity. And when the world catches up to that, then they'll see Christ. They'll find Jesus, right? Just like we have. So the influence that we talk about in the Bible, I'm going to be reading from Matthew 5, chapter 5. So why don't you just go there? I haven't got any tabs in my Bible today either, Simo. So uh, all good. Matthew 5. We're going to hang around on that for a little bit because there's a few uh, influences that we're called to have as believers which are quite similar to the natural influences that we have. So you've got your five natural senses, all right? But, but three of them, Jesus actually refers to uh, in smell, sight, and taste in terms of influence. So... <coughs> One of the biggest things, influences that you, that you and I have is, is in our sight, in what we can see, or in the light that is being shed on something. So, so you can't actually see me. You can just see the reflection of the light that is falling on me. That's how it works. And so Jesus calls us to be light to the world. And he says in Matthew 5, verse 14 to 16, he says, you are the light of the world. A town or a city built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on a stand and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds 
and glorify your Father in heaven. All right? I, I, I don't, I, I've got stacks here, but I'm not going to get through everything today. So I'm, I'm going to kind of slow down a little bit, and we're going to hang out on this. Is that all right? Is that okay? I promise that we'll still finish on time. We're close to time. Uh, good. Uh, a city on a hill speaks of hope, speaks of protection, speaks of safety and rest and relief, like a shelter for the wanderers, people going from A to B that can go and find protection and hope in that city. People just kind of wandering through life, you know, hoping that they're going to stumble onto some kind of city that's successful that can protect them and shield them. And Jesus is saying, your good deeds should shine out like light. Let the things that we do in our day-to-day, let them, let them speak of hope. Let there be hope and peace that screams out from your, your actions, from the conversations that you have. Our choices and our, our voices should be the ones that seek to build and uplift and encourage people around us. Don't get involved in workplace gossip. That stuff will just wreck everyone, you know? Um, you, the, the conversations we have should, like, brighten people's lives. They should be like, oh, what? What? You know? People bringing hope, bringing rest into other people's worlds, you know? People is kind of traveling through life trying not to die, you know? They're just trying to, they're just trying to get through life you know, just, just, just trying not to kill their kids. You know, they just, just trying not to, you know, beat up the boss at the end of the week, right? You know, sometimes you're just trying to cope. You know, I find that most people in this world look sad most of the time. You walk through, you know, you walk through the, 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 the Charlestown Square, you know, or Jesmond Center. Who's smiling? Because generally it's just me. Generally, it's just me walking. I'm the guy who smiles at people, you know, to see if they're going to smile back. Because I, I worked out a long time ago that smiles are free, you know. But it's amazing what they can do to another person, you know. Because people have this, this default sour look on their face most of the time. You know. And I find if I can bring a bit of joy and a bit of light and a bit of love into someone's world, I might not know them from a bar of soap, but someone who smiles at me, I'm like, ah, that's awesome, this is cool. You know, you respond to a smile with a smile, right? Otherwise, you need some help. <laughs> you, you know, like if you respond to a smile with like, whatever, or what an idiot. Okay, you need, you need, you need Jesus, I'll talk to you later. <laughs> All right? Bring light into people's world. Right? Uh, then Jesus talks about, in fact, just before that, he talks about taste or, or flavor. He says in verse 13, Matthew 5, you are the salt of the earth. But if the salt loses its saltiness, how can it be made salty again? It's no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled underfoot. Salt is like an enhancer of food. You ever sat down to your, to your dinner and gone, yeah, it kind of needs a bit of salt. 
You know, it needs a bit of, I can't really taste the sweet potato. Who loves sweet potato? Todd, Todd, you may leave. No. <laughs> right? Right? You know, you, know, you, you know when you get roasted sweet potato and you're like, and you're like this needs salt. Like a lot of salt. Like I'm still salting my sweet potato. Yeah. So good. You, <laughs> what are you salting? <laughs> right? So our language... Our deeds, our interactions with people, our life should be lived to enhance the flavor of the world. With the flavor of love, the flavor of compassion, the flavor of joy. You know, when I sit down with a couple who want me to marry them, I say to them, I want to bring two things to your wedding. I want to bring joy and I want to bring excellence. Right? And they're like, oh, that's interesting, blah, 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 blah. And then we, have, we get to have a big conversation around that. Because one of the flavors that we as Christians who have the joy of the Lord, BTW, by the way, right? <laughs> right? We're meant to bring joy wherever we go, right? Don't be a sour, cranky old Christian. Bring some joy. Bring some life where you go, Right? Forgive people. That's a good way to bring joy to yourself. All right? You are the salt of the earth. Now, the, the third one that Jesus talks about, in, in fact, is in 2 Corinthians chapter 2. And it's, uh, it's smell or the aroma of Christ. And you're like, you, you're really smelling some interesting stuff up here, Pastor Darren. But no, listen, listen to what it says. In 2 Corinthians chapter 2, here we go, I'm... I'm Working my way over there. Verse 14. It says, hang on, I'm in the wrong verse, the wrong chapter. It says, but, but thanks be to God who always leads us as captives in Christ's triumphal procession and uses us, listen to this, to spread the aroma of the knowledge of Him everywhere. For we are, for we are to God the pleasing aroma of Christ among those who are being saved and those who are perishing. To the one, we are an aroma that brings death. To the other, an aroma that brings life. When we get around each other, you know what you can smell on each other? People who are dying to themselves every single day to let Christ shine through them. To each other, God says, you're like the aroma of death. But to the world, we, we bring the aroma of life. Everywhere we go, the life of Christ is influencing our decisions, our thoughts, our interactions, how we treat people, how you treat the waiter. If I take you out to a restaurant and you treat the waiter terribly, it tells me a lot about you. You know? The smell that we carry is the knowledge of Jesus, the good news, the gospel of Christ, all right? And it smells really, really good. It's good. Salt. <coughs> Pardon me. Taste, aroma of Christ, right? Three ways to deepen and extend our influence. But what I discover is that this, these kind of things, they don't happen by accident, you know, you can't kind of stumble into godly influence. You don't kind of 
trip into, you know, the aroma of Christ. You know what I mean? We've got to be intentional, right? The best kind of influence happens when it's intentional. You know what I find? I find that, and maybe it's only because I live in this age and I've never lived in previous centuries, but I find in this day and age that there is so much potential drag into, into the, the culture of the world. There's so much opportunity for me to be dragged and pulled into the culture of the world. And there's so much potential also for drift. You know, just, just to drift away from God, just to drift in your marriage, just to drift in your finances until it's not looking great, just to drift in your career and all of a sudden you're like, well, I, I, didn't, mean, I didn't mean for that to happen. You know, just to drift kind of out of church. And now I'm, I'm not really in a church. Oh, but I still believe in Jesus. But after a while, yeah, I'm, 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 I'm kind of a Christian. And then after a while, Jesus has no relevant impact in your life at all. There's so much potential for drag, for the, the world to pull us, and for us just to kind of, you know, just drift into the world. I find that if, if I'm not intentional, I find that I'm not intentional as I could be. To be honest, I need to weigh up the level of intentionality in my own world. But that's starting to change. And uh, some of you have heard me rave on and on about a book that I've been reading and listened to called High Performance Habits. You've heard me rave about this one. Um, and a guy called Brendan Bachard, he describes six different habits that high performers have, people that uh, want to rise to the point of really, you know, and I guess what he's really describing and preaching is dimensional prosperity, really. He just, it, it's, it's a worldly way to walk in, in, in high performance in every area of life. Um, it's, it's really been challenging me. But he's, the second habit that he has is to generate energy. And one of the practices that he gets people to do in the book is to, when you're transitioning from one, one task or one uh, thing into the next thing, um, is to stop for two minutes. You know, like you might be about to enter into a meeting or you might be able, you might be, have just pulled up in the driveway, you know, from work and you're about to enter into your home. Uh, and he says, stop for two minutes, for 60 seconds, just release tension. Just close your eyes and release tension. You know, and he's got a few different ways to do that. And so I do that with God because that's, that's normal for us, you know. Um, and then he says, and for the next 60 seconds, set your intention, Release tension and then set your intention. I, I, I found this to be a remarkably powerful little practice for me to, to get, get home from work or to be able to, to go into a meeting, and I don't do it as often as I should, but to go, what is my intention right now? What am I about to do? I'm about to step into my home. So what is my intention? I want to engage with my kids. I want to love my wife. I want to engage with the, with the housework. No, I don't want to do that, but I will. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Did you just go, woo? Yeah. Yeah. Becky's acts of service. 
So all my hugs and kisses mean nothing to her. <laughs> unless, unless I'm washing the dishes. <laughs> so, but it, it's been so powerful in my own world, so already, and only just doing this a few times a week, is to actually release tension with to God, you know, cast all your cares on Him, because He cares for you, right? And then set my intention. And you know what I find? I find that Christians, believers, we carry the message of hope for the entire world, and yet we are the least to be intentional about our lives sometimes, Right? As a society, we are like insanely distracted, not clear on what we want, but the people of God need to be the ones who are intentional about bringing the hope to the world, right? Intentional, like intentionally praying for the people in your life who don't know Christ, intentionally looking for opportunities to share the gospel, intentionally listening to the voice of the Spirit who's going to show you where there's an opportunity, right? Yeah. <coughs> you know, don't just live a good life. Here's what I'm saying. Don't just live a good life. When you, when you signed up to accept Christ, the good life that everyone is seeking for, it's, not, it's no longer the goal. The goal is no longer just to kind of get through to retirement or get through to your grave and kind of feel like in your heart, yeah, I lived a pretty good life. That's not the goal anymore. The goal is fruit, more fruit and much fruit, fruit that lasts. You, you and I need to, need to put aside this mentality of that the good life is just what I'm after. Because the good life is what everybody else is seeking for. And don't be conformed to the patterns of the world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Right? Because you and I have got a mission to influence this city and beyond for the kingdom of God. Not just to mosey on to our houses and just, you know, that, that well, this is the good life right now. No, no, no. The good life for a Christian is influence. I need a drink. So set your intention. Because I don't know about you, but osmosis ain't working for me. I'm going to put the lid on still so you don't freak out. Because I care for you. Right. You and I need to be determined to bring joy. Determined to bring life, determined to bring hope, to bring faith, because it's just not going to happen by itself. The best kind of influence also happens when we're spirit-empowered, and I know Pastor Earl talked about this, so I'm just going to touch on it a little bit, but like, I, I'm thinking like, okay, salt, light, aroma of Christ, any, anyone else kind of feel like that's a tall order? Anyone else kind of going, <laughs> have you seen me at home? Are you kidding? Have you seen me with my child eating with their mouth open at the dinner table? Because I'm just trying not to lose it on Monday night. 
I'm just trying not to kill somebody sometimes. Like, and, and God's like, I really want you to be salt and light and the aroma of Christ. No pressure. I'm like, uh, <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm sorry, but do you even know me? <laughs> and God's like, yeah, 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 because, because, because we got this. Not you got this, we got this together, right? Because that's impossible. If you saw my life, if you saw my brain, that's impossible. Salt, light, aroma of Christ, impossible. And God knows it. And that's why he sent the Holy Spirit. Because he knows it's impossible. Acts chapter 1, verse 8. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. It was never meant to be a solo gig. It was never meant to be a, okay, on your way. Go and be salt and light. Go and be the aroma of Christ. That was never the plan. It was always, always, always meant to be filled, baptized, empowered, strengthened, guided, led by the Holy Spirit all the time. That gives me the power to witness. That He gives me the power to influence. He guides us into conversations that we know we can't have in our own strength. He guides us into forgiving people that we really don't want to forgive. But, we, but it's going to bring reconciliation. It's going to bring life. It's going to bring freedom. It's going to bring peace. He's the one who guides us into uncomfortable conversations about Jesus when all we want to do is talk about the movies and the weather. Because the Holy Spirit knows who is ready. The Holy Spirit knows who is ready for the next seed. Who's ready for the next seed? Who's ready for the next seed? Who's ready to, for, some, for some water to go onto that seed? Who's ready for some water? Oh, that person's ready for some more water. Hey, look at the crop over there. That person's ready to come into the kingdom. It's time for you to go and harvest that crop. Oh, all right. <laughs> this will be fun. I have no idea what I'm doing. It's okay. We'll do it together. Right? <clears throat> be spirit-powered. Be spirit-led. Uh, and I, I think that sometimes you just got to operate out of the overflow. You know, people who are like annoyingly excited to be Christians, that's okay. I've forgiven them all. That, that, that's okay. That's good. Because you know what? They're just living in the overflow. They're just allowing these streams of living water to flow from them. And that's a good thing. If you're not excited, can I just be really real for a second? If you're not excited about your faith in God, that's the first protocol. It's to go to the Holy Spirit. It's to go to God and be like, I need to be transformed. I need to walk in joy. 
Because a sour, you know, unexcited Christian, you're not going to get anyone else excited to, to have what you've got unless you get excited about what you've got. So don't start with others. Start with you. <laughs> start and just get filled. Just go, God, I need to be filled. I need to be filled with you, filled with joy, filled with courage, you know, and then listen to his voice and just do what the Father's doing. Um, I'm going to go where I haven't gone for a long time. I'm going to go into point number four. Is everyone okay with that? <laughs> Hold on. All right. Uh, because the best kind of influence also happens when we're heart-oriented, right? 2 Corinthians 5 verse 14 says, For Christ's love compels us, because we are convinced that one died for all, and therefore all died. For Christ's love compels us, all right? Don't do it out of any other reason than to love the people in front of you. Love them. God's love for human beings is immense, is indescribable, indescribable, I don't even know, un-in, I am no grammar teacher from the front here, indescribable. It is indescribable because Louis Giglio did a thing called indescribable, didn't he? Yeah, that's my only point of reference. <laughs> Jesus loves the people that you don't love. He does. He loves the people you are disgusted with. He loves the people you would never have a conversation with. He loves all of them. And you know what's the, you know what's the killer point? Is that he loves them as much as he loves you. And you don't even know how much he loves you. You've got a, you, you and I have a, have, a, have a drop in the bucket of how much he loves us. And the whole bucket, he loves that for everyone. He's not short of love. He's not running out. It's his love that compels us, right? For Christ's love compels us, propels us causes us, persuades us to have conversations that are awkward. Just in, look, I, I, I reckon if, if you're a Christian, you just need to embrace awkward. Yeah, you just... You, <laughs> you and I, even if you're not an awkward person, you're going to have to have a lot of conversations that are going to lead into places that you might, you might not feel comfortable with. You know? Like the conversation, uh, hey, um, come to church with me on Sunday. Okay, that just got real awkward in, your, in whoever you're talking to. Because chances are that person is disconnected from church or doesn't know Jesus at all. Or are you interested in spiritual things? Yes. <laughs> that conversation just got real awkward. Embrace awkward. Let the Holy Spirit take you into new levels of awkward. (laughs) 
See, I think that we are affected by his love and then we're effective by his love. Any other reason that you're talking to someone about Jesus apart from loving them? That's, that's not good. If you're just trying to make yourself feel good as a Christian, if you're just doing your, your, your Christian duty, if you're, uh, you know, whatever else it is, just bin that one and go, I need to love the person in front of me. Because if you don't love them and they're not on the same timeline as you want them to be, you're going you're gonna to ditch them. You're going to be like, this guy's so frustrating. I've like been preaching to him for 12 years. He hasn't even become a Christian yet. Far out, whatever. Sayonara. That's not loving the person. Love them into the kingdom no matter what it takes. Love your neighbors. Love the people that you work with. Love your family, your own flesh and blood who don't know Christ yet. Love them. Be patient with them. Let love stir you to pray. Let love stir you into awkward conversations. Let love cause you to share the gospel with them. People, you, know, you know people who you know, work for Amway? You ever get those like pyramid schemes? You know, I think, that, I don't know if there's, there's too many of them around anymore. But in the church, we used to be like, oh, so you run a, a, an Amway thing. Okay, you can't do that here. Right, we would be really upfront about that. People can smell a pyramid scheme a mile away. They can also smell an unloving Christian a mile away. They can, people can smell impure motives a mile away. Just go to a, a car yard. You can smell impure motives a mile away. You are not in this for me, are you? You're not actually, you don't really care about what I need. You just care about what you need. <coughs> Truth. Love for people causes us to include them. It causes us to invite them. Who, who do you need to have around for dinner in your neighborhood? from your workplace? Who do you need to connect with? Who do you just need to love? Right? Because maybe that's a really good place to start. Once you're excited about your faith, that is. Thanks for joining us for the C3 Victory Podcast. We would love to see you at one of our services. To find out more, visit us online at c3victory.org.au or check us out on Facebook or Instagram.